The Enneagram of Personality podcast with Logan Jones is a part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Alrighty, today is all about eights. This is the eight episode, so let's get started, shall we? With a bang, with a boom, as eights would want us to. That's their talking style, that's their living style. It's this kind of lust. Um, in the Enneagram tradition, it's less about sex, uh, although it might include that. But in the Enneagram tradition, it's more about a generalized intensity. Uh, in the German language, which is where I grew up in Austria, speaking German. So in the German language, it's Lust, like Lebenslust, this generalized uh, lust for life, this intensity, um, you know, prone to excess, you know, whether drink, food, work, play. Uh, partying, volume, and duration. So this let's go, let's get it started energy. What eights truly want is they want justice. They perceive life as having been unfair. Um, they can see that certain people get, get abused or that their vulnerabilities get taken advantage of. And this, this really enrages them. What they settle for most of the time, because it seems that so much of this world is not fair, is they'll settle for revenge because they're acutely aware of these injustices all over the place. You know, if you've ever seen a Liam Neeson movie, <laughs> that's what is sort of uh, portrayed fairly clearly in these is that I will hunt you down. I will exact revenge because you have hurt me. So in health, uh, it can be a brilliant thing. You know, let's shimmy back to the the justice thing, it can be brilliant because I get stuff started and I protect the underdog. But when I'm not at my best, it can be really problematic because all I'm seeking is revenge, which never quite satisfies. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Eights are very often known as the boss or the challenger, whether female or male. Think of this, you know, like a good illustration to think of, even though it's very general and sort of superficial, um, most definitely stereotyping here, but it's helpful to think of sometimes because you can get the image is 
like a mafia boss, you know, <laughs> something like that. Like the world is a dangerous place. Eat or be eaten sort of thing. Don't show your vulnerabilities ever. It's all about how to make it in this dog eat dog world and to remain on top, to remain powerful. Naturally, especially in the United States of America, where I live, eights make great CEOs um, because they don't let feelings or any kind of vulnerability get in the way of the decisions they have to make. And they, they plow on, you know, they, they get the job done. So as you can imagine that the reason eights seem to enjoy conflict is pretty basic and simple and also sad. It really confirms this worldview that they have, but it also tells them that they're right. Might is right sort of thing. Jesus, in his brilliant style of using parables to speak to people and to engage them in their imagination, has this beautiful way of speaking straight to the part that seems automatic but in fact is a choice. It's just become habit. So he's seeking, and I imagine him speaking to eights with this beautiful parable that I'm about to read from the Gospel according to Matthew. He's speaking to the imagination of eights, wanting them to awaken that what for them has become habit was a choice and is a choice them living out this narrative of scarcity in this ruthless, dangerous world that takes advantage of the weak and vulnerable. And so they live one-sided lives, shored up never to show vulnerability, which as far as it goes, works in a lot of scenarios, especially if your job description is that of CEO of some big corporation. However, even there, sooner or later, it's a frustrating place and a cold place to not show any of those warm feelings, to not show any vulnerability. You certainly find it extremely difficult, if not impossible, to ever really truly be empathetic with those around you if you don't show any vulnerability, any place in, in you that would say to someone who's hurting, me too and to show them your quote-unquote wounds, if you will. So that's what Jesus seems to be speaking of here in the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the householder came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy had done this. The servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No. No, lest in the gathering of the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first 
and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. The brilliant parable here of Jesus is about the mixture of good and evil and the proper way to deal with it. Eights, who I imagine him speaking to here, have to resist yanking out the weeds, regardless of how angry or frustrated they are at the present injustice or the present situation that they are growing up there along with the wheat. See, revenge, remember what they settle for, rips out the evil, seeks to annihilate, right? To expose that which is not right. Immediately. Intensely. But when eights do that, they destroy as much as correct. We can't even think of this. We can't even forcibly root out our own faults, flaws, without also destroying our good qualities. The Enneagram is kind of brilliant this way. It sees our vices and our virtues when we're stressed and at our best as two sides of the same coin. And if you try to eliminate that, that vice, then you eliminate the virtue along with it. The Enneagram is a tool to help remember that grace has been given. And the grace given to the eights is patience. Easy now. When you feel like you must, you gotta take a quote-unquote chill pill. Take a deep breath. Notice you're up and out. And yes, it's so frustrating in the heat of the moment. And it seems so intense. But if you stop and notice, come in and down, following the breath, have some patience. The God of justice is here. You are a member in this world. And eights, we need you. Like in Jesus's uh, parable, we will need you to gather the weeds first at harvest and do what quite possibly only you can do to put them in the bundles, you know, to be burned. Maybe some emotional types of the Enneagram might not want or might not feel that it's right to burn the weeds, but you're able to, but at God's appointed time, not yours. You must learn to apply patience and thereby recognize you are invited to be here with your power, with your voice, with all that you are. Your intensity is welcomed, but it must learn to dance through applying patience with the true power, the power of God. If you think of Jesus' execution, it's the empty tomb power. It's resurrection power, true power. Notice, Jesus did not go walking around taking care of his enemies, if you know what I mean, settling the score. That's not what we read in the resurrection stories. This true power lets uh, Thomas see his wounds 
see the places of vulnerability that still mar even the resurrection body, it seems. And he has breakfast by the seashore and is tender and warm, as we see in his interaction, especially with Simon Peter, the rock, the powerful one. So this is what Jesus is inviting with the parable. And I see it as use the Enneagram as a tool to remember grace. Remember what you love the most. Have the courage to be with the part in you that is wounded and vulnerable. And to let that be a part of how you do the now moment. Instead of trying to be this completely armored tank, learn to dance. Even if it is a powerful tango, (laughs) but learn to dance. And all my beautiful eight sisters and brothers out there, you won't be able to do that without applying patience. Okay, so what what might eights do, right? What can we do? Well, thanks to Clarence Thompson and this brilliant book, Parables and the Enneagram, each chapter of each type ends with what should an eight do or what should fill in the blank, whatever the type is, do. And in this case, thank you, thank you, because this is pretty cool. What should an eight do? Forgiveness is central. Forgiveness is central to all the Gospels. Luke concludes his Gospel with this. Luke chapter 24, 46, 47. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So, repentance for one's own shortcomings, one's own weaknesses, one's own sins, and forgiveness of others' sins is a summary of the whole gospel message. A good practice for an Enneatype aid would be to read the Gospel of Luke in its entirety, noting how often forgiveness is mentioned. And, last but not least, eights could profit from carefully studying nature. Nature is described as, quote, red in tooth and claw. But that's a selective reading. Notice how many life forms depend on each other. Take care of one another. As you interact with nature and study nature, spend time with animals. Notice the little ones. Notice whom can you let take care of you? For you are not alone. All right, my friends, having concluded eight, we're moving on to nine. And thank you so much for listening in on this episode. To all my beloved eights out there, I hope it was short and to the point. Hope we got it done. (laughs) And may you live simply, love generously, speak truthfully, serve faithfully, and leave everything else to God. Go in peace.
The Enneagram of Personality is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you just listened to, would you take a second to leave us a review in your favorite podcast app? It really does help new listeners find us. You can find more about Logan Jones by visiting his site, loganjonescoaching.com. This podcast is produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thank you to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more faith-affirming podcasts, just visit us at lifeaudio.com. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.